This is Midday Classics on WSKG. I'm Bill Snyder. Coming up on Wednesday, October 20th at 6.45 p.m., a pioneering mind of television, the life and times of Rod Serling, a talk by Larry Casson. It's going to be online, on Zoom, and on Facebook live stream. Good afternoon, Larry. Good afternoon, Bill. How you doing? Pretty good here, and I'm, I'm fascinated with uh, uh, what you're, how you're going to present this. Well, originally, uh, we were going to do this as a live uh, lecture presentation at the Broome County Library, but um, the organizers of the Broome County Historical Society thought it might be best to just do this as a Zoom. I know a few of their events have been strictly on Zoom and Facebook uh, online, and, and maybe it's right now a little better that we don't congregate in, in, in one room. And what are you going to talk about? Well, they've asked me since this is October, they wanted me to talk about Rod Serling, our connection uh, with Rod Serling. Uh, you know, Rod was, uh, although he was born in Syracuse, he, he came to Binghamton as a very young child, grew up here, attended Binghamton High School. And he's probably one of the uh, more famous uh, people we have who've uh, been through Binghamton. And the opening uh title of this is A Pioneering Mind. What is uh, uh, Rod Serling's influence on television? Well, you know, it's interesting because uh, the reason I like to say A Pioneering Mind is he really was one of the, the people who were a pioneer in, 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 in modern television. You know, he was writing in the 50s, uh, even before The Twilight Zone. Most of your listeners will know him for The Twilight Zone. But he was writing for what was called the golden age of television. He was writing for live television, like Playhouse 90, the craft television theater. Um, so many different uh, programs that were new. And, and when he was writing, um, television was in its infancy. Uh, and uh, that's why I like to call him a pioneer. He, he also opened the door uh, for what was called the writer-producer. You know, prior to the Twilight Zone, uh, most writers were just employed by, you know, the, the different production companies, and they really didn't have a lot of creative control other than writing the, the, the book. Uh, Rod changed that, and uh, he was one of the first producer-writers uh, with the Twilight Zone, which gave him complete creative control and, and really opened the door for future television writers like people who did Hill Street Blues or, or St. Elsewhere or so many of the wonderful, wonderful television programs. And uh, he had some uh, problems with censors at the beginning, didn't he? Uh, yeah, actually, um, throughout his early career, in fact, one of the reasons he created the Twilight Zone uh, was because of this interference with corporate um, sponsorship. Uh, I'll tell you one example, uh, which I talk about, because I go into detail uh, with all the various um, problems he had with network sponsors. But one, you know, he used to say that what he couldn't have Republicans or Democrats say on television, he could easily have Martians say. And the reason obviously is because uh, the corporate executives didn't really understand science fiction or fantasy. They didn't really understand that, that most of these Twilight Zone episodes were mini morality plays, and they really dealt with some tremendous, um, you know, storylines that, that for that time were very controversial. 
what can uh, what examples can you give us of of some episodes that people might know that uh, uh, would have been uh, would have been controversial? Well, um, let me give you one that was uh, uh, one of the reasons he created the Twilight Zone, and I'll just briefly hit on this, is because of the death of Emmett Till. Your listeners might remember that Emmett Till was a young African-American student who was killed in the South in, the, in 1955, and uh, Rod tried to dramatize that story, and uh, he had a lot of problems uh, with the corporate sponsors. You know, he, he had one of the characters drinking a bottle of Coke, uh, Coca-Cola, and that was a Southern drink, and, and the sponsor said, you can't do that because people, you know, will know this is set in the South. He had a sheriff who was named Clemson. Well, Clemson was a famous Southern university. So, you know, so these were little things. They, they became even much more complicated uh, later on. And, and basically they, uh, in fact, it was uh, funny because the, the name of his project was a town that has turned to dust. And he said, they basically turned my script to dust. What are some things about Rod Serling that will surprise people? Well, a, a few things. First of all, uh, a lot of people do not know about his military career. Uh, he graduated Binghamton High School in 1943 and went straight to the, the Army. He fought uh, hand-to-hand combat in the Philippines. Two Purple Hearts, a Bronze Star, a Philippine Liberation Medal. Um, and uh, he was uh, very active in the war. Uh, after, the, after the war, he was stationed in Japan for a while. Uh, so I, I think they will be surprised to hear about his military career and, and, and also um, some of his movies, because even though many people know him for his television work, he, he actually did screenplays for quite a few movies. For, for some very famous movies. Yes, yes. Probably one of the more famous is uh, The Planet of the Apes. And uh, I've read, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think I've read that uh, his experience in the war really influenced uh, his writing. It very much did. Um, I, I, as I said, I go into detail of some of his experiences. But, you know, his wife would say that he, he would wake up in the middle of the night sometimes thinking he was still back in the Philippines. Uh, he was also one of the first writers um, to to actually question our involvement in the Vietnam War through, through his episode, uh, one of the episodes of The Twilight Zone. Uh, what episode would that be? Uh, I'm racking my a- brain to think which one it was. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was a wonderful episode with um, uh, a very well-known actor, Jack Klugman, called In Praise of Pip. And um, I would want your you know, listeners to, to actually hear, uh, to actually see the, sh- the show. Uh, but it's a wonderful production with, it, with a very young Bill Mummy uh, in it. And uh, I, I think they would enjoy it very much. And uh, uh, he doesn't put anybody into a cornfield in that one, does he? Uh, no, no, not in that one. <laughs> What's one of your favorite episodes? Wow. Um, there's a wonderful episode called A Stop at Willoughby, which is about, uh, I think, very um, autobiographical about his life. He talks about a gentleman who was stressed with working in the city and had a lot of stress at home. And he gets on a train and he finds himself getting off in a in an idyllic 1890s town with 
fireworks and parades and ice cream vendors has again one of the famous Rod Serling twist endings, the little gotcha endings, which I wouldn't want to spoil for anyone who's not familiar with the episode, but it it, it is one of my favorite. And there are all sorts of references to Binghamton and, and the surrounding area in the, some of the episodes, aren't there? Yes. Um, you know, he, he loved Binghamton, uh, and, and often he, he would use uh, references from his life in Binghamton and the surrounding area. Uh, he, he has homes in Ithaca on the lake, on Cayuga Lake. In fact, the name of his production company was Cayuga Productions. Um, he used uh, a woman named Helen Foley, who was a drama English teacher here at Binghamton High School, and uh, used her name. Uh, he made references to local stores like Drazen's, which was a, a department store in downtown. Uh, one of the more um, beautiful episodes is called Walking Distance, uh, which uh, is set in Rec Park. And he only grew up about two blocks from Rec Park on Bennett. And uh, what are some other things that you hope people come away from your talk with? Well, one of the things I like to talk about, other than, you know, how important uh, it is uh, and how fortunate we are to have um, a connection with him, but I think that uh, Binghamton could really benefit by the connection. You know, I, I, I talk often about uh, other cities across the country. Uh, in Mount Airy, North Carolina, they, they have a whole area of tourism built around the Mayberry show, if you remember that. Mm -hmm. uh, there was the Andy Griffith show, in, which set place in Mayberry. Um, even not far in New York, in, in Jamestown, there's uh, the Lucille Ball connection. Uh, other cities, for example, Seneca Falls has a connection with It's a Wonderful Life, and it really brings a lot of tourism into the area, and, and, and I think that could be a benefit to us. Well, I want to thank you for joining us. Once again, Larry Casson, who's incidentally the coordinator of special events and theater for the Binghamton City School District and the Rod Serling School of Fine Arts, presents a talk on Wednesday, October 20th at 6.45 p.m. It's only available on Zoom at broomhistory.org slash programs and for a live stream you can go on facebook.com to broom history larry thanks for joining us thank you so much for having me